For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is a Rocket Room production. All right, so let's get started. So welcome, guys. This is our first time doing a Believe in Miami Heat podcast live on the Locker Room app. So it's a little bit different format than what we've used before. Uh, we've got a room full of Heat fans. Uh, excited to be with Norris tonight. I'm your host, Sean Rochester. Uh, with me, as always, we have our 6'2 point guard from Dayton Dunbar, Dunbar High School, Norris Cole. Uh, Norris, before you start, I know you're going to, you know, you always welcome us with the champions here. But I was doing a little research this week. Um, and I don't think people really understand how much of a champ you are. Two-time NBA champ, two-time high school state champ. Horizon League champ at Cleveland State, multiple championships over in Europe. Did I forget any? Uh, You did a pretty good job. You did your research pretty good there, buddy. Two, you know, a couple conference championships at Cleveland State. So I didn't want to take away your thunder from the champions here. I don't want to, you know, ruin the introduction that we're so famous for. But (laughs) I want to make sure people understand that we're not just talking a one-time champ or a two-time champ. We're talking like – multiple time throughout the life champ yes sir ladies and gentlemen the champ is here the champ is in the building (laughs) that was a cool intro sean i appreciate that brother (laughs) i love it man so um before we get started this week and uh you know catch up with norris we do have to give a shout out to our sponsor bet online this month this month in June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. Uh, basketball and hockey playoffs, the baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the first tip off, face off, or pitch, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online. Your online sports book experts, Norris. So, what's going on in your world? Uh, right now, I'm preparing. I have a game tomorrow um, in France. I got two more regular season games, and so I'm just preparing for that. Um, last game we won. You know, I had 20 points, 16 minutes, blowout win. Hopefully, we can duplicate that performance. Nice. So um, I'm actually in Utah right now. Um, I've been over here for a couple of days um, doing some hiking. So that's kind of why we switched up the format. So I'm out here with a couple of friends, six friends. We've been hiking in the mornings. It's like 110 in the afternoon. So it's a little wild uh, experience being out here. I've never been out here before. Oh, yeah. Utah is nice. Got the mountains out there. Obviously, the basketball is yeah. at another level. They love it. They love their teams out there. Yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of uh, Utah Jazz stuff. Um, I, you know, I haven't seen Dwayne Wade out here. I don't know. You know, I'm, I, it's a little. Some people are a little salty about that, just being the new Wade County. So uh, I don't know. You uh, know, it's nah. tough with that. Miami always business. Be Wade County. Miami always be Wade County. Don't worry about that. That was hey, that was business. Perfect, man. So let's jump in, and I just want to remind really everybody, Norris and everyone, how Locker Room works. So um, right now we have myself and Norris on the stage. Uh, There's a a lot of you guys in the room. Feel free to jump in the chat. You can ask questions in the chat. You can also request to speak. Uh, We can put you on the mic. You can speak live uh, using your mic if you want to do that. We are going to run the show very similar to what we normally do. Um, So we have a couple of topics that we talked about um, over the past week. Uh, We're going to do a couple of things relating to the heat. We're going to look at uh, the final eight teams, actually the final seven teams remaining now, 
and uh, you know, go through just like our, our normal show. So if you guys want to jump in, just request, and I can uh, I can put you on the stage and let you guys you know bounce some questions off the champ. Um, so let's jump into the heat. You know, talking about um, the past week in the heat. Obviously, with us not playing, we're looking at off season. There's a lot of rumors and things going on. But one thing that stood out: uh, Chris Bosh has been doing a lot of. Uh, tours of media podcasts and things like that and you know i think norris is working uh the phone lines trying to get chris on our on our podcast coming up soon and um so chris talked about the big three heat and norris was obviously a member of those teams and he talked about how he would take the big three the heatles over this year's brooklyn nets and i know norris asking you this question you're not going to pick against yourself but what would you think if we could put this hypothetical matchup together, the 2021 Brooklyn Nets against, let's say, I'll let you pick. Which which of those Heat teams you think was the best? How would that shake out? Who? Which team was the best? It's hard to say which one was the best. I would highly probably have to say the back-to-back team might have been the best probably uh, when we when we won back-to-back. I would probably say that one was the best team. It's hard to say, though, because both teams were really good. Um, but definitely I would take our team over the big three of the Nets now. Um, obviously, I, I believe it, it would be a, a competitive series. But, you know, the LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, obviously with the big three. But the role players, I believe our role players were just – so professional and always rose to the occasion, especially in big games. I, you know, I like our chances against any team. I honestly. Now, in that hypothetical matchup, you would probably assume that between you and Rio, you would be drawing the cover of Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I mean the same way we had to guard Russell Westbrook, Tony Parker uh, during the season. We had Rondo and. Uh, Steph Curry, and uh, I mean, it was a good guards back then. Kyrie was a little younger back then, but yeah, I mean, I mean, we took the challenge regardless of who we had to guard. So yeah, he would just be the next guy we would have to try to cover. Yeah, and I think as you said, the role players usually stepped up and, and embraced that challenge. That's a, that's a tough cover for anybody. And uh, you guys, you know, you brought the defensive competition or the competitiveness on defense. Uh, both you and Rio to go at a guy like that, but man, the matchup. Imagine you know that's basically prime Dwayne Wade against James Harden in his prime. You've got KD and LeBron, you know, both in their primes in this hypothetical matchup. Bosh might be the interesting. They don't really have a cover for him. I mean, you could put Blake Griffin there, but prime Bosh against this year's Blake Griffin is that's a tough, tough, tough matchup. Well. Well, technically, there's no cover for LeBron or D Wade either. Well, yeah, <laughs> or <laughs> Chris Bosh. It's just that it's just that you know, you know, Kevin Durant is obviously a a very talented offensive player, and you know, James Harden is you know his playmaking ability and scoring ability, and obviously Kyrie's. But but I think we would have the the better players in the series, and I believe we would have the better role players in the series. You know, that's just my that's just my opinion, and, and um. You know, like I said, I you know, as a competitor, I like my chances against any team you put us up against. Yeah, I knew that. I knew when I asked that question that that's the route you were going to go. There was no way that you were going to back down or, you know, even in this thing that's never in reality going to happen. Um, and you know what? I think as a – not even just as a Heat fan, as a basketball fan, I still think I'd take the Heat. And, and one of the things that is interesting, and we'll get to this later, is talking about – Talking about the Nets, they're they're struggling with injuries, and, and it's happened again. With now Kyrie is out in Game Five, and yeah. the Heat, you know, through that stretch run, you didn't have a lot of injuries. I mean, there there were never those significant injuries. I mean, guys battled through things, but we had a lot of guys that were very durable, especially during the playoffs. Yeah, we did. Um, you're right about that. But we had some injuries. Remember when Chris Bosh hurt his uh, abdominal, pulled his abdominal muscle? We had to play a long stretch of games without him. And then we also had to deal with, you know, sometimes D-Wade, you know, had to get his knee drained and he would have a lot of knee soreness. And so, you know, we had to deal with our share of adversity, but part of being a championship team is being a little bit lucky and, and being healthy at the right time. And that's just, 
that's just part of it. And it, it sucks to see the injuries, you know, for, for any team. But since we're talking about the Brooklyn Nets, it, it, it sucks that, um, you know, Kyrie is hurt and James Harden are hurt because as basketball fan, you want to see the best players out there. And, and they're two of the most entertaining guys to watch. And so, you know, I wish that those guys could be healthy and play. But, yeah, on our team, we were blessed to be healthy at the right times. And when guys were not healthy, the role players, you know, filled in and stepped up big. Yeah, definitely. So we have a couple people that are uh, requesting to jump on the mic. So, Luke, I'm going to throw it to you first. And then Hold on one second, one second. Okay. One second. For those those who stepped on the mic, make sure we keep it make sure we keep it respectable. Absolutely. So let's keep it. Remember, this is going on our podcast. And so uh not only to save me the time of editing, but just one of the things that both Norris and I try to do even when we're recording is, you know, we, we refrain from cursing, um, keep it respectful. We keep it honest, you know, we hold people accountable when we're talking about basketball, but also we keep it respectful the same way. So I appreciate Norris reminding everybody of that. And I know Luke is not gonna give us a problem with that. I know Luke pretty well. So Luke go- yeah, I got nothing but respect for you, uh, uh, Mr. Cole. Uh, thank you so much for talking to us. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank um, you. So, uh, a thing that a lot of people have been saying about the Brooklyn Nets this year is that defense isn't important as long as you have the offensive firepower that they have. Um, but you were always a fantastic defender. So uh, when playing with the Heat, so uh, how do you think that would factor into the matchup? And what are your thoughts on defense in general in today's league and the importance of it? Um, are you talking about matching up against our team, the Heat, or are you talking about matching up against the Bucks? Uh, I mean, uh, matching up against the uh, Heatles. Oh, okay. Well. Defense obviously always plays a key. I think if you look in NBA history, I, I believe every NBA champion was a was a top ten defense. If you look through the history of the game, um, so obviously defense plays a key, um, especially during the era in which I played, which is not that long ago, you know. But the era in which I played, the teams that could get stops, you know, were were the more dominant teams, and but this era of the NBA now is more of a offensive um, league and the rules have made it that way, which is one of the reasons why Brooklyn is so, so dangerous is because, you know, you can't play as physical with them. And that's why I believe that, um, you know, if they were healthy, they would probably be the favorites to win it all. But against us, I believe we were just a more physical team. Um, I believe we have a, a lot of defenders who could defend multiple positions and I believe our mental toughness, you know, was second to none. So whatever circumstance we were be in, we believed that we could come through. You know, the same way we were able to come through being down five points for 18 seconds left to come back and win against the Spurs. You know, the same way we had to battle to come back in the series against Boston. Uh, the same way we had to battle and come back against the Pacers. Um, we were just a mentally tough team. In the same way against Oklahoma City when we lost the first game, and then we came back and won four straight. You know, our team was just mentally locked in and everyone knew their role and everyone was excited to play their role. And that's why I like us, you know, in that matchup. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, Tony, Twist Tapioca, I'm going to send it to you next. Uh, as I said in the chat, before we move into that next segment after Tony's question, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about free agency. Uh, we've done a little bit in our, in our previous podcast, but – if you guys have any names of, you know, potential free agent signings for the Heat, obviously we are, uh, you know, we're going to talk hypothetically here, but we'll jump into those. So if you have any ideas of names, just throw those in the chat, and I'm going to throw it to Tony for his question. Yeah, first time, long time. Uh, Sean, it's good to see you. I hope you're doing good in Utah. Coltrane, champ, it's good to talk to you. Man, I appreciate I just, you. Uh, I wanted to know – Let's take it back to OKC. Let's take it back to that first chip. After that, you guys have uh, a game over in China, and you go on a little vacation uh, across the sea. I know we've got to keep it PG for the pod. Is there any stories, Norris, that stick right out, like any flashbulb moments about your time that you spent on that trip across the, uh, across the Atlantic? Across- 
Um, not really. In China, the the biggest thing was, you know, guys were thinking about getting authentic Chinese food. Then we realized we couldn't do that because we would end up being sick because we're not used to, you know, the real authentic Chinese food. And so we had to, you know, a couple guys kind of, couple, you know, staff members and, you know, people who, who were able to bring their, some of their families on the trip, you know, got sick who ate that, you know, who ate some of the food out there because they weren't used to it. And so, you know, we had to really watch what we were eating out there, you know, because we still had a job to do. <laughs> but going going to see the um, the Great Wall of China was a was a very memorable moment. Seeing the beautiful architecture out there in China, it was it was nice to see the history out there. You know, they're they're beautiful basketball fans, and they treated us very well. Well, that's good to hear. I'll leave you guys to it. Uh, Curtis was next. Curtis, one more, and then we'll uh, we'll start getting into those. Hey, good afternoon, y'all. Um, I really love the the pod. Uh, really, really excited for the content that y'all have been putting out. Uh, thanks for uh, opening up for questions. You know, I've been a Heat fan since the '90s and those storied battles with the with the Knicks and Norris. During your time there, I think one of my favorite regular season moments was when all my uh, Knicks fan friends were getting really hype about Jeremy Lin. And then uh, they rolled right into uh, the buzzsaw Miami Heat and uh, yourself and Rio's defense. Can you talk a little bit about how y'all responded to that kind of hysteria around Lynn? Uh, was it intentional how y'all showed up at, like defensive buzzsaws and uh, uh, kind of what went into one of my favorite regular season moments from that year? Well, that was great. You know, obviously the rivalry with New York and Miami was you know, even before I was, you know, playing with the Heat, that, that goes way back from when, you know, Pat was in New York and then came down to Miami. So, you know, that energy was in the building. And then obviously, you know, Lynn Sanity was tearing the league up, you know, for a couple of weeks. But for us, everywhere we went, it was hype. So the hype never bothered us. We were used to playing big games. You know, every game we, we played was a big game every Every network in the world was watching every single game we played. So, you know, that it wasn't so much of being amped up to, you know, we was amped up for every game. It was just that that was the next game. And we wanted to make sure that, you know, Lynn Sanity didn't want, run crazy on us. <laughs> that was the thing. We just wanted to make sure Lynn Sanity didn't run crazy on us. Uh, but it didn't matter that it was New York. It was just that it was the next game. You know, obviously it was a televised, nationally televised game, and we wanted to make sure we put on a good performance, you know, and, and put the world on notice that, you know, when you come to play us, you know, you know, it's all business. Right on. Thanks. Absolutely. That was an exciting game. Yeah, I love that game. Wayne, one more, and then we'll jump into the free agent. Hey, how you doing? Thanks again, Sean. How you doing, North? What's going on? Man, if you're good, I'm good. I'm great. Question, man. Um, can you? T- I- I'm big on helping the, the young guys, and I'm a Wizards fan. But I love I always tell people I love what y'all. You know what they did down there in Miami with the culture. Mm-hmm. How how important was it to have like a mentor and an OG like uh, UD down there? Um, not only for your betterment, but like the mentor for the team because I know he kept y'all solid a lot. So can you just talk to that for me a little bit? Yeah, man. I, I believe it's very important to have veterans to have, like you said, the OGs. Uh, I was fortunate. I had uh, Jawan Howard. Yes, sir. You know, he was the first person to pick me up and bring me to practice when I got to Miami. Um, I had, like you said, UD. I had uh, James Jones. Shout out to James Jones, who's, the, you know, the GM, GM out there at Phoenix. Uh, we called him Champ. Um, I had Shane Battier. He was right there. And was His locker was right next to mine. Um, obviously, LeBron, D-Wade, CB, Ray Allen. Uh, you know, Mike Miller. I had a bunch of basically the whole team were were a bunch of OGs, <laughs> and so I think that's important for any young player to latch on and gather as much information on and off the court, you know, from the veteran guys because it'll help you have a long career, and you'll and you won't have to make the mistakes that they made. They could teach you and help you avoid those those mistakes, and I think the NBA needs to continue to keep that in mind. I know the league is going very young, but you got to have those vets. You know, those vets on the team are so valuable. And, uh, I mean, I appreciate UD like no other. You know, and I, I really appreciate, you know, Juwan Howard, man, for how he, 
you know, he really looked out for me when I first got to Miami and kind of kind of showed me the ropes, man. So shout out to the OGs for sure. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Sean. I'll keep up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne. You know, before we transition to the free agent talk, along that same line that Wayne was just talking about with UD, you know, he has a decision to make. Um, and he's, you know, 41 years old now, and he's been on the team but not playing. And Norris, you know, I, I think Heat Nation certainly appreciates you, Donis. There's no doubt about that. But there are some people that are starting to get, you know, the the buzz of is he – I don't want to use the word wasting a roster spot because I don't believe that's true, but him taking up a roster spot is his value in the locker room enough. Should he be a coach? Uh, he responded, you know, why can't I be an owner? Which I thought was also very interesting. What do you see? You know, his value isn't necessarily in the game on the court. His value is on the sideline in the practice, you know, the mentorship that you just talked about. What do you think about that on that, on that topic of Udonis? I believe he's, He's done so much for the Miami Heat team and the Miami Heat community and for the city of Miami that I believe he should be able to go out on his own terms. Um, and like he said, why can't he be an owner? You know, don't limit him to just being a coach or a player coach or whatever. I think whatever he wants to do, you know, he has the capability of doing it. But, you know, he he's invaluable, man. He truly is. And. You know, when you speak of Miami Heat, you know, that's that's one of the first faces you think of. And so you know, I think he should be able to go out on his own terms. Obviously, he can still play. Um, he's in shape. He's strong as ever. And But, you know, he he knows his role in the team, and he's excited about that role, and he accepts it. And I think – I don't believe that he's wasting a roster spot. I believe that, like I said, having that veteran on the team, having multiple veterans on the team, you know, who can also compete. If if need be, I believe that's that's important. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Hey, you know, one of my favorite Udonis stories, and I know uh, Tony in here has heard this before, but I worked in uh, in the summer times with Tony Fiorentino in uh, the Heat basketball camps, and mm-hmm. so it was the summer of '03, and Udonis had just signed. Um, you know, that first time trying to make the team summer league, and he came in, and the camp was at uh, South Broward High School. And um, came in, and there was a parent that complained to Coach Fiorentino about, you know, why why didn't you get any real Heat players to come in this week? Like, I wish you could have that on video and they could play it on the Jumbotron. Because, like, think about how crazy that is now, 20 years later, that they were offended that Udonis was the player that they brought that week. There wasn't He wasn't a good enough Heat player or a real Heat player. Like, he is the realest Heat player in history, for, <laughs> potentially, you know? <laughs> crazy. But yeah, that is that's that's crazy. I bet they wouldn't say that now. No, no, no. All right, so let's move into some free agent talk. So um, let's let's just throw some names out there, and if you guys want to jump in the chat and, and suggest any other names, obviously, um, you know, we have some decisions to make with our own free agents. But just look around the league a little bit, and let's start with Kyle Lowry. So, what do you think? You know, is Kyle Lowry a fit in Miami? You know, position obviously a point guard. Coming off a season of 17, 5, and 7, he is 35 years old, but he did shoot the ball really well this year. What do you think, you know, his his fit or the potential of him coming to Miami might be? I believe he could potentially be a fit um, because he's hard-nosed. Uh, he's a champion. Um, he's been through the wars. I, I, believe, I believe he could possibly be a fit, you know, depending on the other moves that's out there. Um, I, I do believe that he he could definitely fit into the heat culture. I believe he he has the physical makeup, he has the mental makeup, and obviously he's he has that championship DNA. Okay, let's not go too deep into you know the financial talks. We'll leave that to uh, Andy right, Ellisberg. Right, right. But you know Kyle Lowry, veteran point guard, has a relationship with Jimmy, champion you know a few years ago. But there's another free agent point guard that's out there. He's a restricted point guard though, and that's Lonzo Ball. What do you think, you know, about his fit? And then if you're thinking between the two and, and how this team is constructed, would you prefer a veteran or would you prefer, you know, Lonzo is only 23 years old coming into the league so young. And and what do you think about Lonzo, but what do you think about the fit for him? Um, Obviously, Lonzo brings more than just scoring to the table. He brings rebounding, assists, and defense. Um, you know, he's, he's a young player, young, talented, up-and-coming player. 
I believe it depends on what's you know what style of play you're looking to play and you know who who they're going to have around him because um, obviously we we need you know this year we needed more scoring and so obviously he's the greatest sister and he's a capable shooter but sometimes it could be a little inconsistent so like I said I believe he can fit but it's also going to depend who else you're going to have around him because he's going to need some shooting around him. Yeah, he does a lot. I mean, Kyle Lowry does a lot too, but just the size difference, you know, Lonzo being yeah, six, man, Lonzo six, six, yeah. yeah. And he's a better shooter. A lot of people don't understand he's improved tremendously since his, you know, early years in LA on shooting. Absolutely. Absolutely. He shot, I'm looking it up. He shot 38% from three this year. Um, and that's, you know, it's that's, that's borderline. A yeah, exactly. It, it's, he's, he's not a, an average shooter. He's, he's trending on being coming a good, to even maybe a potentially great shooter. Um, you know so who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Jason that? Kidd. Jason Kidd's three-point shot got better and better as he stayed in the league, but he can also rebound and assist and do those other things. That's who Lonzo Ball kind of reminds me of. Yeah, and his his size would make him fit with our, how much we switch, you know, the length that he Absolutely. has, you know, his versatility on defense. That's – and, and Kyle can do that too. I think Kyle, not because he's not as tall, but the strength that he has. Obviously, his lower body is just you know he's a he's a bull, and he's not going to back down from a bigger player. So you can switch him, and he he'll fight through it too. Yeah, he's crafty. He's very crafty. Yeah, he'll. He, that's like the nice way of uh, talking about his flopping. I think right. <laughs> <laughs> we won't touch that. We'll move on. Moving on. Moving on. Um, Moving on. So, <laughs> one of the one of the things that we talked about in a previous show was um, I asked you a question about if you would focus on one need, would it be a point guard, would it be a big, and you said it would be a three-level score. Um, Norman Powell, he's a guy that has a player option, but it's only $11 million, so likely at 28 years old he's going to opt out of that and try to get some money uh, on a long-term deal. 17 points a game. Um, he had 19, almost 20 points a game when he was in Toronto before he went to Portland. He's he's one of those guys that seems to fit the bill of a three level score or an explosive score. How do you how do you see him fitting? Man, you, no offense to him, but man, there's some other free agents out there that you're missing out on, man. <laughs> when you start talking about scoring three level, Demar Derosa is an unrestricted free agent, man. Kawhi Leonard got a player option. You got some guys that's really you know, that can really, really fill it up that's out there. Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, I hopefully Victor Oladipo will get back healthy. But, you know, Norman Powell, nothing against him. He's he's a He could definitely play in the Miami Heat culture. He's tough and all that. But I'm talking about when I say scoring, we need some elite scoring, you know, to try to help, you know, Jimmy Butler and Bam out of Bayou get to the next level. So one of the names that you mentioned is DeRozan, and, and some of the – I guess the feedback on him is he's not, he's never really been a three point shooter. He's, he lives in the mid range. What do you, do you, does that worry you at all about the fit with him and Jimmy and Bam? The fact that you're really your, that would be your three best scorers. They don't really shoot Uh, the ball from the outside well. No, I wouldn't be concerned with that because if you notice, you know, during these playoffs, the best players all have mid range scoring capabilities. Uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Donovan Mitchell, Chris Middleton, even Kevin Durant. You talk; these are all mid-range killers. You got to be able to score there in the mid-range, especially when the clock is running down, short shot clock, and you have to create a shot. Most of those shots are going to come in the mid-range, and so you know I wouldn't be worried about that. He's a pro. Demar Derosa is a prolific scorer. His career numbers, as far as scoring the basketball, he's a professional scorer. And so I would I wouldn't be concerned about that. Obviously, you would still need to bring in some you know some spot up shooters, but you know his his ability to be so dynamic of a scorer, I I wouldn't be concerned with that. Me personally, I wouldn't be. All right, before we transition out of that, so if we were to add, let's say we add a a Norman Powell or a Demar Derozan, or I mean Kawhi Leonard would be an absolute you know dream. Hey, I mean, that would be you know Pat Riley ain't hey Pat Riley ain't shy about going for the big fish. We not gonna sit on our podcast and go you know not go for the big fish either. <laughs> he 
Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, if we can, if if he wants to be in Miami, you do whatever it takes to bring him here. And and we've seen Pat do that. Whether it was, you know, that 2016 that he assembled with, I think it might still be the largest trade in NBA history with the Antoine Walker and all that stuff. And yeah, obviously bringing the big three heat together in the complimentary pieces. He's never afraid uh, to do that. There's a couple of great points in the chat I want to point out. Um, Gad, he's from Five Reasons Sports, talks about um, that DeMar DeRozan was the number one ISO scorer in the league on two or more ISO possessions per game. So as you said, Norris, he, he can score. He's done this whole career. Some people don't like his game, but if there's any doubt in anybody's mind, he can put the ball in the basket. There's no doubt Absolutely, about with the best of them. And what I was going to kind of hint towards is if you added a DeRozan or a Tim Hardaway Jr. or a Powell or, you know, like a two or a three, what do you mm-hmm. do with your, your starting lineup? You know, let's assume that Duncan Robinson is back before we get too deep into this. How do you construct your lineup? Because now you would have – Let's say, well, we still don't know who our point guard would be either. That's I kind of tricked myself into something now. So, you know, can you play a Jimmy or a DeMar DeRozan at the four? Well, you always got Jimmy Butler out there on the court, so you always have a point guard. Jimmy can do it all. So, True. <laughs> and um, you don't want those those two to play long minutes at the four, but they're capable, you know, in this NBA of being able to play at the four. But not for long stretches. I wouldn't. I wouldn't play Demar Derozan at the four for a long period of time. But in like a closing lineup type of situation, end of the fourth quarter, you could get away with it in that in that time. Um, I don't know. I mean, you have if this hypothetically, you say you have Jimmy Butler, Demar Derozan, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, and let's say you have a. Well, let's give us Kyle Lowry. Whoever you. Kyle Lowry. That's a good lineup right there. Depending on who you have, you know, coming off the bench, you know that's that's a solid, uh, that's a solid lineup right there. You know, it's going to be hard to contain that lineup offensively in the Eastern Conference. That's a competitive lineup, especially with the rotations that you know Spo is going to have to go with that lineup. But I believe yeah, but- though, I believe though, if you have if you were to have that type of situation, you can just put Jimmy at the one. If you want to add another four, a traditional four or a stretch four, you can, you know, you can move Jimmy at the one if you wanted to, you know. Yeah, and I think your lineup versatility is important, being able to slide guys around rather than having, you know, single position type players that fit. You know, you, Absolutely. you, you can do a lot of different things, whether, you know, we started to see at the end of the season, maybe a little bit too late, the playing Dwayne Dedman next to Bam, where we only really played Bam at center most of the season. And, you know, we did things last year with Kelly Olynyk in the lineup or Myers Leonard in the lineup and different different ways of moving guys around. Um, I, I think that's important because as you're seeing in the playoffs, the ability to match up, but also the ability to force your opponent to match up with you is probably critical to winning not just, you know, a playoff game, but a playoff series and going down that line. Versatility is Versatility is a great problem to have. You can never have too many versatile players on a team. And so the scenario you just had is a great problem to have, <laughs> to be, to have so many capable players and trying to figure out how to put them in, put them in the game. That's the better problem to have than to be limited, limited and not have the players that you necessarily need. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's uh, let's move into the uh, other series still going on. So we had an Elite Eight. We do have one team out, so it is only actually an Elite Seven at this point. And the Nuggets were swept by the Suns. And we want to give credit. I know you want to give credit to former Heat, James Jones. Absolutely. Shout out, Chant. Oh, Three-point, Chant. I mean, so what did you see in that series? I, I never would have guessed that it would be a sweep. I thought the Suns would win, but I was thinking more of the gentleman sweep type deal. What did you see in that series? Because it was it was just Suns dominance. I saw a couple of things. One thing you saw how much Denver missed having Jamal Murray and Will Barton out there. Because the higher the level goes, the higher the level players you need. And 
obviously Jamal Murray is a big time performer and also Will Barton. And so uh, the first series Denver, you know, was able to get through Portland without them. But, you know, when you're going against the two seed and you're going against another elite young backcourt up and coming team and front court for that matter, when you're going against an elite young, young hungry team, you got to have your big dogs playing in the playoffs. And this was the first time, you know, we saw Denver struggle without, you know, Jamal Murray and, Will Barton. The second I saw the evolution of um you know Booker, you know, he's been playing well in the regular season, but he's taking his game to another level this postseason. And the leadership of Chris Paul obviously plays a big, big part of that. But uh Devin Booker has taken his game to the next level. And, you know, with Paul's leader Chris Paul's leadership and DeAndre Ayton and Miles Bridges and the whole complete team, the Suns bench is lethal. Like I, I never thought I was, you know, say that, but like, you know, Cameron Payne and those boys coming off the bench, like they're they're a complete squad, they're a complete team, and you know, so you know, Denver had their hands full. Obviously, the Joker deserved to win MVP, and I still believe he was probably the best player individually in the series. But the combination of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and then Miles Bridges and the rest of the squad, it was just too much without having Jamal Murray and Will Barton out there. It's too much. It was just too much for him. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because I think the Nuggets at full strength, you know, they uh, they could be better than the Suns. They could be a champ, NBA champion. I mean, they have a roster. We saw it last playoffs, the stuff that Jamal Murray can do. Will Barton, like Man. you said, he's, he's a scorer. It, it's, it's unfortunate because I think they were robbed of an opportunity maybe – uh, to make a title run because the MVP was there and they had the pieces around him, especially after that Aaron Gordon trade. Right. But I don't want to – I still want to give credit to the Suns, though, because no one expected the Suns to be in this position, even though, you know, the Lakers were, you know, banged up a little bit. But the Suns have performed, man, at, at high level. You know, Crowder and all of those guys, man, they they performed at a high level. Coach Monty Williams deserves a lot of credit, man, getting his team ready to play. And I think it may be time to – you know, really see them as real contenders. I think so. I believe whoever they play, whether it's Utah or the Clippers, I believe the, the Suns have a legitimate chance. All right, it's a great transition there. Um, let's talk about Jazz and Clippers. So it was 2-0 Jazz. Uh, we went back to L.A. The Clippers got game three. Game four is tonight. Uh, we're recording this ahead of that. So, you know, Clippers won on their home court, and it's back to two-two, and it's a best-of-three series. What do you? What have you seen, and what do you think? I think last week you took the Clippers in the series, so you might be uh, sticking with them as they're starting to fight back. Yeah, I, I picked the the Clippers to win a close, close series. Um, obviously, Utah is a tough out for anyone. Um, I didn't, I didn't know Donovan Mitchell would come back. You know, this this ready because normally when a guy is out for a while. You know, it takes him a little bit of time to get the legs back, but clearly his legs are back because he's playing at a high elite level. And so I think they're going to go back and forth. I think this will be a long series, but I believe the longer this series goes, I believe I believe in Kawhi Leonard. I believe he's the ultimate finisher in this series. Um, he's a champion. And I believe that, you know, I think he's going to, you know, kind of pull the Lakers, I mean the Lakers, to pull the Clippers through. And, you know, Ty Lue's experience, he's never going to get rattled. So no matter what situation they're in, he's always going to be that calm voice. And that's that's kind of why I'm picking the, picking the Clippers. But, I mean, <laughs> the Utah Jazz, man, Donovan Mitchell, you know, Rudy Gobert, you got Clarkson coming off the bench, you got Ingles, you know, you got Royce on the defensive end, his contributions, rebounding and doing all the, the little things. Utah is a tough out for anybody, and I and I, I enjoy the way they play. They played ultimate team basketball. Yeah, they're great to watch. The ball moves around. I mean, they're they're great shooting the ball from outside, but they play mm-hmm. team basketball and they play great defense. You know, everything about what they do is really, I would say, like how you want basketball to be played. They play it the right way. Absolutely. Shout out my guy Lamar Skeeter, who's on the staff there at Utah from Dayton, Ohio. Uh, okay. So let's move out. Uh, let's move back out east. So Bucks and Nets, it's evened up at two two. Very similar to what we just talked about. It was two zero when we left Brooklyn. Now it's two two when we're heading back to Brooklyn. Milwaukee took care of business, won both games on their home floor, 
And we hinted on it a little bit earlier, but these injuries. And now, uh, as actually we've been recording, uh, they announced that Kyrie is out game five and James Harden is still going to be out game five. So Kevin's by himself. And, you know, he has good supporting cast with Joe Harris. He has Blake Griffin, but he doesn't have two of the three in his, you know, super team. What do you see going on in this series? Because this has been a wild one going from 2-2 or 2-0 to 2-2. Yeah, this series has been like a like a roller coaster, up and down, up and down. It's like at first you thought Brooklyn was going to sweep the Bucks. Now it's looking like the Bucks have the upper hand with the injuries. It's hard for me to see Brooklyn winning another game, you know, with this injury. Honestly, even though we know anything can happen, but you know, I can't see Brooklyn coming back from this unless KD just goes goes crazy you know (laughs) and you know have one of those like LeBron James type performances that he used to have back you know in the Miami and Cleveland days um because the Bucks are so complete and they have so many so many bodies that they're going to be able to throw at KD and be able to focus just on him now plus you know I believe that their offense is going to get better because they haven't shot the ball great yet you know not not one time you know, the Bucks were, I think, the number two three-point shooting team in the league, scoring team in the league this season. And they haven't shot the ball well yet. You know, they won a game scoring 86 points. <laughs> so I believe the Bucks are going to continue to get better as the series goes on offensively. And, you know, with Kyrie and James being out, I just don't see the Bucks. I mean, um, the Nets having enough firepower. What did you think uh, in the end of game three? With Bruce Brown, he, he's caught a lot of heat for those shots that he took at the end of the game. Him being on the floor, and you spent a lot of time on the floor in key situations with superstars around you. What do you, you know, your mindset in that? I just can't imagine you can't be deferring. If you see an open shot that you know you can make and he's practiced those shots, what do you think about that? Does he take those shots or do you feel like you have to defer? to the Kevin Durant, the James or Kyrie Irving, whoever's on the floor? Well, <laughs> you have to know game and situation. Obviously, you have to have confidence in yourself, but you have to know, you know, time and situation. And unless the shot is like wide open, you kind of have to give the ball to, you know, KD in those moments. Um. You just kind of have to know that. I know it, it seems kind of messed up because, you know, like you said, he works on his game every day and he practices and works on his game. And I've been in, in those situations sometimes where it's like I believe I can make a play, but, you know, if, if Brian or D-Wade call, call for the rock or, you know, CB call for the rock, you know, you you give it to them. You know, at the end of the game, that's, you know, that's what they get paid to do. And, um I think it's an individual thing. If you're willing to live with the backlash from it, then go ahead. Have confidence. Take your shot. But just know if you don't make it, it's going to be some backlash. And if you're willing to deal with that, you know, I would say have confidence in yourself and take those shots. But if KD's open, you got to give him the ball, period, point blank. If if, if he's open, you got to give him the ball at the end. All right, so let's move to that last series in the East, the Sixers and the Hawks. It is uh, game four tonight, coming up pretty shortly. Uh, the Sixers have a 2-1 lead. The Hawks won game one, and the Sixers have won the last two. What have you seen in that series? Well, I think the the first game, I think Philly, you know, I, I don't think they were intense enough defensively. You know, I think Trey Young was running wild that game. You know, and he's shown that he's a – He's shown that he, he, you know, he got next. You know, him and Luca and, and Donovan Mitchell and Booker, they, they're the new wave. They're the young, up and coming stars. They're showing that they're that they're ready. But um, I think as long as Joel Embiid is healthy, I believe uh, Philly is too much for them. Uh, even though they have some injuries, I think Danny Green is not playing this next game. Um, but I believe as long as Joel Embiid is out there and he's healthy, I believe that you know he's just, you know, he's just too much. You know. For for the for the Hawks to overcome, but I'm excited about this Atlanta Hawks team, and they very competitive bunch. Like I said, Trey Young is elite. Um, they have shooting, they have athleticism, but Joel Embiid too much. 
you know, in Atlanta being in our division, it's been a while since there's been a competitive other team in the division when the Heat have been good. A lot of times the Southeast division, it was almost like a foregone conclusion in a lot of ways with the magic having struggled with the, you know, the wizards having struggled the Hornets. It's, you know, it's, it's been a long time since we've had to compete and the Hawks aren't going away. I mean, they have a big decision with John Collins to keep him around, but I mean, Trey's going to continue to get good. Kevin Herter is good. Capella, Gallinari, Bogdanovich. I mean, you, we're just going right down the list. Um, Akangu, yeah. um, what's his name? Uh, the 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 guard that's hurt right now, the long guard from uh, University of Virginia, DeAndre Hunter. I mean, they DeAndre they Hunter. have a loaded loaded roster. Yeah, man. They <laughs> Atlanta might be the future. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be some battles down in South Beach. <laughs> when Atlanta comes to town and when you go up there to Atlanta, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And um, that's why, you know, this free agent period is going to be important because, you know, Atlanta is trending upward and you, and you know, you know, Miami, we, you know, we like to stay competitive every season. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. All right. Before we talk about our finals picks, Kyler wanted to ask a question. So Kyler, go ahead. Hey, what's going on guys. So, uh, so Norris, my question is just, uh, what is an aspect of a team that you think goes overlooked by fans, but you think is a real key for a team to really have success and, you know, win a championship? Uh, I believe the key, and if you, if you pay attention to just any championship team, I believe the, the second unit, especially in basketball, having an elite or a very solid second unit is important. So that when when one of your stars are out or resting or when two of them are resting, that second unit can come in and increase the lead, keep the lead or cut into the lead if their team is down. And if you look at our squad, we had a we had a a strong second unit. If you look at the Golden State teams, they had an elite second unit. They had the best second unit in the league with Sean Livingston and all those guys coming in, Andre Iguodala and you know, most Bates and all those guys, they had an elite second unit. Um, if you look at the Spurs, <laughs> they had an incredible second unit, you know, with uh, Gary Neal and Patty Mills and all of those guys. And so if you just look at any championship team in basketball, I think the fans love, you know, the, obviously the stars and the starters and, you know, obviously the coaches and the administrators, you know, like Pat Riley, you know, they, they deserve a lot of credit. But I think what goes overlooked sometimes is having an elite, strong second unit. You know, those bench players, you know, have to be ready at a moment's notice to be able to come in and, like I said, increase the lead, keep the lead, or cut into the league if the team is down. Yeah, definitely. And you look across the seven teams that are remaining, almost all of them have deep benches that have guys that can come in that can – you know, put a dent into the lead or hold on to a lead, like you just said. And, um, you know, so that's evidence right there that you need depth. And especially with all these injuries that have been going on this season, unfortunately, depth is, is probably more important this season than any season. Absolutely. All right. So uh, as we finish up these, uh, you know, these final seven teams, if you want to make your own finals bet, you can head over to Bet Online, uh, sponsor of our show. And we want to help you guys out. So, Norris, I know we've talked about this before. Are you sticking with your finals prediction and champion, or are you making any adjustments based on what you've seen? I have to make some adjustments from based off of what I've seen and based off of some injuries. I have to have to make some adjustments. So, whoo, right now, my finals pick right now would be Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm going to go with the Clippers. You know, I want I wanted to say Phoenix so bad, but I'm still I'm not ready to go there yet. So right now I'm going to say the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Clippers in the finals. And you're going with who is your winner? Oh man, I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't even speak on it right now. Uh, I mean, the people. The people can't go to bed online and say, "Hold on, Norris is going to tell me." Oh, this later. People, people need the help. Uh, 
for, I'm gonna be honest. It's hard for me to bet against Kawhi Leonard in the finals. <laughs> so I would say, if I had to pick today, I would say the Clippers. All right, and remember, we always have the right. Each week, we can edit these picks just like we did this week. So we'll keep updating as we're gathering more information. So the official Norris pick, brought to you by Bet Online, right now is Clippers over the Bucks in the finals. I'm going to keep with my prediction of the Suns, but I think I'm going to also have to flip. But I'm going to flip. I can't do it. I'm going to flip to the Bucks. I cannot flip to the Sixers. I know I live in Philadelphia, <laughs> but it pains me. <laughs> I just want to wait for the day that the Sixers are knocked out. I'm hoping they lose tonight. I'm going to be in Vegas on Friday. I'd like to watch that game. Uh, we'll be game six in Vegas if possible. But oh, I would love to see the Hawks beat them. I would love to see the Bucks beat them, the Nets beat them, whoever the NBA wants to put against the Sixers. I will root for them to come oh, out of the man. East. <laughs> I can't do it, man. I've only been in Philly for a, a year, so I don't have any roots to the Sixers. I'm actually working uh, 76ers summer camps this summer a couple weeks, mm. and I have to wear a 76ers T-shirt. It's it's tough, man. I'm going to wear my like heat culture shirt underneath to make sure it doesn't touch me, but uh, that pains me. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bucks over. I mean, I'm going to go Bucks Suns, and I'm going to go Suns over the Bucks in the finals. That's All right, guys. Bad. So we are. You like that? All right. So it's yeah, not a bad pick. We are going to close up shop. So I appreciate you guys coming in. If you enjoy the Believe in Miami Heat podcast, which is obviously presented to you by Bet Online, we appreciate their support and we appreciate your support. So if you can like or subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast, tonight we are on the Locker Room app, which we definitely appreciated you guys coming in for. We put out a show every week. Um, you can get it on any of your podcast platforms. Uh, but if you like and subscribe, it definitely helps us out. It's quick and easy. Rate, review us, you know, tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we need to work on. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. We love having you guys around. Um, and, you know, we're trying to work hard to give you guys great heat content and appreciate your support. And so I'm going to throw it over to Norris to close it out. The champ, go ahead. Shout out to the nation, Heat Nation. We want to say thank you for supporting our podcast. Make sure you come back next week for another episode of Believe in the Miami Heat. Cold-blooded, the tent, sign, and we out! Alright, guys, thank you for coming in. We will get this up on the pod feed. It will be up tomorrow morning, so thank you, and we are out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.